But there's a post on on Facebook. We had a wonderful picture of Sister Brenda Titus and my son Jonathan Morgan in the thumbnail on that. The one, John Deere. <laughs> John won undecidedly. He has the heavyweight stone wrestling uh, belt at the moment. You have to do it out of church for the next match. Now, remember, I'm the promoter and I just pick the same old shoes. Amen. <laughs> all right. Oh, my goodness. So thank you all for those of y'all that were involved in that. That was a blessing. It was a lot of fun. And we had a full house. I had to send with a lot of people that didn't know. And uh, I had more fun today. Let me tell you, somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, would you share a message with a bunch of people that may not be Christian? That is the greatest thing in the world I could do. Amen? Love it. And love every minute of that. We did that Friday evening. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So thank you for that. I want to remind you all that uh, we have a few things coming up early in March. This is the 6th. We have our Southern Baptist Association annual meeting. That's going to be Sunday evening, starting at 4.45. We'll have a meal. And so there's a sign-up sheet out there. This is the last day to sign up. You can take advantage of that. So please sign up. This is uh, Amber Wiseman. It's coordinating the carpool with the bride. And you can get with her or get with the office and you can get with her or we can print you, whichever way you prefer.
don't let them take that away from you. That would be a great treasure trove of knowledge. It's still trove of life. Don't let them take the good word away from you. Still teach me, you know. This is my little bird to teach me about this today. Don't lose those physical books, y'all. That teaches skills and teaches a responsibility that we don't have anymore. If you don't believe me, just look at the news nowadays. Kids don't take them anything to do that. Let alone themselves. I remember growing up getting a book, you had to get your book cover and put it on there. If you were hot without a book cover on your book, you had a vacation. You remember that? I remember those days. And you got some of the most ugly book covers to put on. We would turn them inside out and draw on them and things like that, them. And we thought we were cool because we were really dumb looking. But we did it. And we shared those books and those books that had fun to pass and pass and pass and pass and pass and push you to step aside and look in to make sure you were them. Make sure all the pages were there. I remember turning my book through the people that took it like this. Okay, you're good. Okay, you're good. Okay. They never looked out of a lot of gum on page 57. <laughs> Look with me in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many men. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And you know. You know. Come, said the Lord. Lord, you do not know where you are going.
So we use the new King James because it removes the G's and the thou's and the thou's. And it puts in a kind of more modern language and there's nothing wrong with that. But it still keeps that word man. In fact, I want to get that in the history of the Greek. Let's look down as we put muck there. Thank you, Mr. Buffett. We're going to learn just a little bit this morning. Go now. We translate It means to abide. It means in a boat. It means a mansion. And sometimes it can mean room, but there's arches when you're a boat. Yeah. A room, a place, a shelter. Moran comes from the root word, the known, and we stand up to the residence. That's a deeper meaning to the boat. And so inside of that debate, they would say, which one would be a better translation? In my father's house and many rooms? Some of that sometimes. What you do, so you can't think about the 
kind of know what it looks like because it is a really good picture of the Bible of it. However, not a one of us has seen terrible face to face. And if you have, you'll probably need to be up here speaking on it. We also know that in the holy place, not the holy place, in the holy place, it's outside the holy place, it's a place of table. On that table was set the bread of the presence. That's right. Oh, please don't say two bread. Please don't say so bread. Bread is a presence. That's what it's saying in that picture. The menorah was also inside that holy place.
is the bread of the faith. The bread of the faith is right in front of the face. Roman money, the denarius, you know, the same one Jesus 
talks about when he says, Where's the scripture of this? That kind of money, then you would change that into Jewish shekels. And for shekels, then you go over to that priest or to that person who was selling that animal, and you buy that animal. And you would still pick the one you want, and he would bring it over to the priest, and the priest is right there next to him, and the priest would say, That is an acceptable sacrifice. And according to the law of Moses, he was the only one who could proclaim the sacrifice. He's the one and only to look at it and say, that is a blemish-free sacrifice. And of course, he would give it to the priest. The priest, theoretically, would take it over to another altar, slaughtering. They'd spread the table away to the side, called the table of slaughtering, and they would sacrifice in a very, very particular way, a postal way, and they would bring that animal back to place on the altar, burnt offering, minus the shoulder, and minus the or minus certain other things, depending on the offering you have paid for. However, that's not what was happening. This is what brought Jesus and the angels out. That's not what was happening at all. What was happening was is that this priest would take this animal, he would say, that's a wonderful, acceptable sacrifice. Because that father and his children, so they were Passover, they would walk away. He would set that man right back down.
many times we think about trials, tribulations, persecutions, we think about all those that will be left behind in the rapture. We think about those great tribulations they're going to go through. But I want to remind you that judgment begins in the house of God. What does God's house look like? It's a place of repentance. It's a place where broken hearts come to be healed in the goodness and the bloodshed and in the mercy. What does God's house look like? What is God's house? Number one is repentance. We need to be a repentant people. We need to be a people who say, Lord God, I know it's only by the grace and the goodness and the blood of Jesus Christ that I will be escaping that
we not call upon your name? Did we not heal the sick? Did we not cast out demons in thy name? And Jesus will say, Depart from me. I don't know you. You work for the Lord. What's going on in God's house? Well, I think we get our first proof of what Jesus did in the temple. He made a scourge. And he drove them out and said, You've made my father's house out of you know what Sunday is? You know what Sunday is? How many of you, don't raise your hand this morning, but how many of you have given to those talent evangelists or to those wayward missionaries and they stole the money? They didn't do anything for God or about God's business. What they did was finance their lavish lifestyle. You know what that is? Thievery. You know what that is? That's embezzlement. I call it false advertisement. What's not in God's house? Thieves. Revelation 21 8 tells us. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. And I just call them the ones who turn fire against them to hear that again. Some people are definitely not in God's house. Definitely not in God's house. It goes down 
do it with peppermint. Let me tell you, peppermint will not save us. <laughs> do it with cheese. Cheese. Let me tell you, cheese has been told as the finger of God. Cheese told it, and you never liked it. You can get your dog to eat anything if you put it in Did you know that? He'll swallow it right now. So will the human. What was that? I don't know. It was good. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If you are God's house, then let me ask you a question. How are we decorating that house? How are we behaving in that house? How are we presenting that house to the world outside? Is it compromised with false religion? Is it compromised with bad words and bad things? I want you to know that what's in your heart will come right out of your mouth. I spent some time with a Christian yesterday. God bless her heart, but every third word out of her mouth was a curse word. And I wanted to remind her as I was in the back seat that, you know, the Bible tells us that what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And if you are the Spirit, if you are, excuse me, if you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then I want to ask what's in your heart. So that ain't the Holy Ghost coming out. Do ye not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? We are supposed to look at Father's house as though we are the temple and that we are holding Him as a sanctuary and that inside of Him, we're inviting Him to live with us and to be with us forever and ever and ever. You know what I want to tell you something to me? I believe as a Christian that when you get saved, you immediately get the Holy Spirit. I don't know what people who disagree with me, but I disagree with them. I think when you get saved, you get the Holy Spirit. You get sealed by God immediately. And that Holy Ghost lives inside of you. And it's up to you to nurture that relationship, to grow that relationship, and to allow that relationship to flourish inside of you. And if you will do that, if you will submit to the Holy Spirit that's down inside of you, you will find yourself being led by God, directed by God, and being grown by God, and eventually being used by God in His kingdom purposes. Most people think I got saved, I'm not going to hell, and therefore I don't want to do a darn other thing. And you know what the problem is with that? Is that's why you can sit in a car and curse every third word. That's why you can sit around and commit adultery, go through abortion, go through divorce, and turn away from the Word of God. If you don't have a hunger for the Word of God, it's because you are feeding the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you will start feeding the Spirit inside of you, then you will desire God's Word like a newborn baby does build. Amen. That what the Holy Spirit inside of you does. People come to say, Pastor, I have no desire to read God's Word. I'm telling you, start making yourself read it. And within a week, you can't put it down. You can't get rid of it. If you stop reading it, you'll be so convicted that you'll lose weight. What did I do wrong? Did I miss one of your morning days? I pray two times a day. Not to be super spiritual, I pray three times a day. And if I miss one of those prayer times, I feel like I sin. If I miss reading God's Word somewhere in that time frame, because I believe that's how God speaks back to me in His Word, I believe that my prayer time isn't just a monologue. It's a dialogue. And I speak to Him, and He speaks to me. And generally speaking, He speaks to His Word. He reveals it to me. And He shows it to me. And if I miss that moment, whether it be in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, 
if I miss that moment, my wife will come to me and say, what's wrong with your head? And the Holy Spirit will just lie I just don't want to tell her. I got caught up. I was with somebody and I couldn't stop. And I wanted to tell him, go away in my prayer time. I want to be with you. And my spirit and my body desire to have a relationship, to have a fellowship with God the Father. Because there's no sweeter relationship than when Father God comes and puts his arm around his child. And he says, I've got you, I will lead you, I will direct you. And there's nothing in this world that will take you out of my head. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah! For our relationship with God. He is God. That's spirit in me. Because I tell you right now, if you don't know that spirit, you would just say, if you begin to look to him, as God is God, you look at yourself, for you're telling the God is God. You are. His God is beautiful, and His God is divine, and what's the God in you? God don't live here. God lives in the heart of every
Can you work with your built on it? And build it. Now, we know the foundation of the 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 fire. There is no fire that you need. Does anyone work with your built on it?
standards of relationship I have with you is inseparable. I understand that the house I'm going to be living in is only because you give it to me. I understand that what's going on in this world today does not matter. All that matters is that I have you and your word. This is not my best life. So my best life is going to be when I'm up in your house beholding your only begotten son, looking at him in the face. And when I get there, I'm going to see those wonderful nail prints in his hand, those wonderful nail prints in his feet, that wonderful spirit print in his side that bought my redemption, that saved me from my sins, that, that cleansed me from my He gave me life. 
when I should have died. He gave me a relationship when I should be alone. He gave me a family when I should be in solitude. He gave me a reason when I have no ability. He gave me purpose when I had no reason to be here. He gave me a mission. And church, he gave me a father. And that father lives inside of me. And I have become
don't forget these things. Our study has to study, maybe Bible study, but we will do a study. We'll have Bible study here. Don't think that there will be any ice if you draw me to pray for us.